Welcome to Let's Talk Loyalty, an industry podcast for loyalty marketing professionals. I'm your host, Paula Thomas, and if you work in loyalty marketing, join me every week to learn the latest ideas from loyalty specialists around the world. The 2023 Consumer Trends Index shares attitudes and desires from over 10,000 consumers on topics such as purchase behavior, preferred marketing channels, privacy and data, as well as what drives loyalty with their favorite brands. You can get your complimentary copy of this report, along with access to several free webinars by visiting meetmarigold.com. Marigold is the home of Cheetah Loyalty, delivering world-class MarTech solutions and industry expertise designed to help marketeers of all sizes grow the relationships that grow their business. Learn more at meetmarigold.com. Hello and welcome to episode 332 of Let's Talk Loyalty, where we're sharing the latest insights from the 2023 Consumer Trends Index. I'm chatting with Tim Gloom, formerly VP of Global Content at Cheetah Digital and CM Group, who are now operating under the new brand name of Marigold. It's now the fourth year of this Global Trends Index, and today, Tim shares with us his favorite insights, such as how brand loyalty is continuing to grow, why consumers love the brands that they do, as well as some of the key reasons customers say that they've abandoned some loyalty programs. Also, as well as sharing the predictable reasons for engaging with loyalty, Tim also shares some of the less common strategies that consumers are beginning to expect from loyalty marketeers in 2023. Please enjoy my conversation all about the 2023 Consumer Trends Index with Tim Gloom from Marigold. Hi, Tim. Welcome back to Let's Talk Loyalty. Paula, it's always great to see you. Top of the year to you. (laughs) Thank you. That sounds very Irish. It's always a privilege, Tim. And it's always particularly exciting, I suppose, to share our, you know, joint love of content uh, because we learn so much about the loyalty marketing and all of the work that we do. So we're here today to talk about the 2023 Consumer Trends Index Report, uh, which is directly a reflection and an update of what we did together last year. So before we get into that, as you know, we always kick off our interviews asking about your personal favorite loyalty program. So let's start with that one. What is your favorite loyalty program, Tim? Yeah, sure. Well, look, we just got through the holiday season. A lot of travel for me. In fact, I'm I'm still traveling. I haven't made it home after the holidays yet. And I can't say enough because I live in Denver, Colorado, which is a massive hub for United Airlines. That that loyalty program just it does me right. Their app is amazing. I think they're just doing a lot of things really, really well. 
Wow. Okay. And you know, you're not the first person, Tim. And, you know, I think I often reflect on this show that, you know, the airline industry, I suppose, essentially invented loyalty. So I think we've we've taken all of our learnings from them, whether it's transactional loyalty or emotional loyalty. So it sounds like they really execute well, because I think, you know, at the end of the day, you got to get the basics right. And I think that's something that comes through in your own overall, I suppose, research this year. So can you give us an example like how long have you been with united or how do you experience their loyalty program yeah so i've been a flyer since 1995 i have nearly three quarter of a million lifetime miles with them living in denver it it really is it's the hub so it's you know it's kind of a no-brainer for me location wise but i gotta say some other industries restaurant retail they can really take a page from the united they've got everything you need inside an app once you're authenticated through your your mileage plus account um you know you can chat you can change a flight in the app in less than three minutes over chat in the app like that's where brands i don't care your industry that's where you need to be it's in my pocket Mm. i literally i bet if i pulled it up right now it's the first app in my thing and it is it's in the top left corner i use it a lot so um they just take care of you and they recognize you as an individual which i think is also um You know, what a lot of brands across industries are struggling with, but United is is really a, a blueprint uh, yeah. for anybody looking for an amazing customer experience. Absolutely. And certainly if anyone from United is listening, we definitely want to get them on the show at some point. So big shout out to United and all the wonderful work that they're doing. And what struck me as you talked about it as well, Tim, is the fact that you know the lifetime miles that you have with United, because I actually don't know my lifetime number of miles with any loyalty program, because once I redeem them, of course, we roll back to zero or whatever. So that's incredible that you have the the sense of being a lifetime customer with them. Yeah. I mean, since 1995, you open the app, it tells you you've been a wow. member since 1995. Uh, yeah. I think it's just under 700 or just over 700,000 miles flown. Wow. And the point, the points are great. I have a, a wedding in the Dominican Republic for my nephew this year, and the points are going to get me and my family there, or at least the bulk of it. So there's real value. I know every time I spend a little more by that next level seat up, if it's only $50, I could double my, you know, premier qualifying points to retain that tier. I'm a 1K flyer and okay. and double my redemption points, good for services and goods. So again, yeah. I just think it's a great program. I think any industry could look at it and figure out how to replicate it for their own use. It's, it's really a, a gold standard, in my opinion. Fantastic. Fantastic. So listen, I was looking back to our chat from last year, Tim. It was April 2022 um, when we looked at the Consumer Trends Index from last year. And at that stage, you joined us. And your title, I was looking back, is VP Content and Data with Cheetah Digital. But of course, there's been some uh, big changes uh, this year. And now you are VP Global Content for the CM Group. So maybe give us a quick insight on that. Yeah, look, a lot of changes over here, all for the good. When I joined this company, Cheetah Digital, it's literally three years ago this week, you know, late January, um, you know, I didn't know what was in store. And we <laughs> have since, uh, you know, we have grown into a behemoth. And it's great because we're still independent. We're yeah. still nimble. We still innovate. Yeah. Um, and But we're bigger than ever. So wow. proud to announce the CM group 
which contains Cheetah Digital, Selligent Marketing Cloud, a sale through a couple other email platforms, Emma Campaign Monitor, even a, a great program called Future. Um, we are now known as Marigold. We just rebranded under one roof, one umbrella, wow. and we're super excited about it. We are literally the home for relationship marketing, yeah. everything from the mom and pop pizza shop all the way to some of our biggest clients like Starbucks, American Airlines, et yeah. cetera. We are that one-stop shop for everything. Email marketing, mobile marketing, loyalty, yep. relationship marketing. Come talk to us. We don't care how big, how small, and yeah. where you sit on the globe. We are a home for you. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Well, super exciting. Congratulations. I know a rebrand can be um, extremely difficult to kind of pull through and get to that level of scale. So happy to share uh, the announcement today. Um, and no doubt the investment, of course, in research is going to continue because I know you guys are super passionate about that. So let's get straight into the 2023 Consumer Trends Index. Um, first and foremost, I think people outside Side the industry, Tim, sometimes think that loyalty's dead. They think that, you know, we've kind of done everything that can be done and that it's just about points and prizes. So tell us in all of the research that you've done, first and foremost, where are we? Are we in a good place? You know, we're in an okay place. The consumers are definitely driving demand and consumers, they're in the driver's seat. Um, brands are always trying to catch up to consumers, which is the big reason why we've been doing this consumer trends index and quickly it's a it's a global survey this year actually includes 10 countries uh nearly 11,000 consumer respondents uh this is our fourth year doing it so it truly is a trends index meaning we can look at uh, similar questions attitudes from consumers over time. So mm. I, I'm super excited to launch this one. We're launching it uh, in, in January. It's available right now. Usually it doesn't come out till March or April. So if I've moved that forward yeah, uh, and it is great, it talks about everything from their needs for personalization, uh, how do they look at their data and how, you know, how private they want it to be. Mm. Um, we even asked this year about the recession, you know, potential impending recession. How yeah. do consumers feel about that? And obviously Paula, a big, big part of this is brand loyalty. What is what is making consumers tick when it comes to loyalty programs? So I'm super excited to see some some mm. trends continuing to mm. hockey stick up and to the right in the right categories. Mm. Uh, but realistically, a lot of brands have to catch up. They have to invest in the technology, into the people, into the process to yeah. meet the consumers where they are. And that's what the trends uh, report actually provides. It provides a real, you know, finger on the pulse of where consumers want you to be to yeah. win their loyalty. Yeah. And we'll definitely get into the detail now, Tim. And I know for everyone listening, we'll make sure people know where to find it. And of course, we'll be linking to the report in the show notes for this as well. But just a comment again, I was looking back to, um, to when we chatted last year. So last year, I know it was about 5,000 respondents. So more than double in scope, which is exciting in its own right. Uh, obviously, keeping you super busy. <laughs> Um, yep. But also much broader geographical scope, uh, Tim. So tell us a bit about the countries that are featured, particularly in the global report. Yeah, our global report, we, we're doing an apples to apples, meaning the last few years we've done the US, the UK, UK also includes Ireland, Spain, France, Australia, New Zealand, and Japan. So those are kind of the core countries we've been doing for three years. Mm. Um, so our quote unquote global report, the first one we launched, we're going to do many versions uh, in the first quarter of, of 2023. Yeah. 
global reporter of those countries. However, because, again, of our expansion here at Marigold and the Selligent Marketing Cloud specifically, which really serves our uh, EMEA, you know, European clients uh, from a marketing cloud perspective, we added the Benelux region, we added Sweden, Denmark, Germany, and the Nordics. So now mm. those are the new countries, thousands mm. of consumers over there. And it's really interesting because, you know, a global report is homogenized, right? It's it, 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 it's a look at the entire globe. But what I'm excited to do in this year is break down those regions because Japan yeah. and consumers in Japan do not act like anyone else in the world when it comes to loyalty, privacy, personalization. Yeah. So it's really great for us to be able to get in there and look at the UK only, look at Benelux as a region only. Look at the U.S. only. And then also our reports are breaking down age because obviously I think it's understood and assumed, but mm. the numbers tell the story on how things like email are number one across all age groups. Yeah. But clearly boomers are more in tune with receiving emails from loyalty and personalization and offers yeah. and Gen Z skewing more towards that mobile SMS. So the mm. report is great. I mean, it, it dives so many different ways and, and adding these new countries just uh, helps us, you know, get our customers closer to their customers. Totally, totally. And I think, you know, I'm from Ireland, given the way that, that you uh, <laughs> said hello today. Um, and certainly Ireland is not a market that tends to get a lot of focus, Tim. So I'm delighted to hear that Ireland is in the report again this year, because we definitely have a lot of people that listen to this show. And like me, I suppose, are craving insights like this. So, uh, so super exciting. So let's get into the detail then. What are consumers saying overall about brand loyalty? I suppose before we get into loyalty programs and the mechanics, in terms of exactly what are they saying, Tim? What are these, you know, 11,000 people saying in response compared to last year? Yeah, sure. I'll give you a couple of bullet points, uh, high level. I mean, we're audio here. The, the report, if it's in your hands, you can you can get it. It's free. Mm. Um, it, dives, it dives really, really deep in. But, you know, in general... Uh, we found a, a big rise in people willing to prepare, you know, pay more mm. for their favorite brands. Mm. Um, 59% of global consumers have said that they are willing to pay more. And that's a 4% uplift from 2022. And I can't remember the uplift from 2021, yeah. but everything continues to rise. And that's, that's where the real trends come in. And if you're talking to your boss or you're trying to sell something upstairs around, hey, we need to invest in loyalty. Totally. Please go get these free assets. They aren't our opinion. They yeah. are actual hard data. And if you look at them year over year, it's pretty clear. You know, people are willing to pay more from their favorite brands and that's where brands need to be. So, mm. um, you know, that's just one right there. And then two thirds are not loyal to any brands. So there's a huge opportunity if you create the right program. As we mentioned, United's my program that yeah. I love. If you are not creating a value exchange and some sort of loyalty offering, mm -hmm. you know, you, those customers are up for the taking. So 29%, that's a huge opportunity I see. I don't see it as a detriment. I see it as an opportunity for brands to go win that, you know, loyal fan base. Totally, totally. And you're absolutely right. I think what I always used to struggle with, um, and I think everybody listening to this show does as well, is that internal justification. So, you know, when you're going looking to source the budget and, uh, you know, potentially continually increase in your loyalty investment, uh, what we really need to be able to say is that we will get people to spend more, to, to get more people to spend as well. So that's a super mm -hmm. useful starting point. So I suppose... Yeah, and to that to that point, you know, one more stat here: 
of the respondents, remember, this is 11, nearly 11,000 people, mm. only 7% of consumers think that a loyalty program is not important to their relationship with the brand. So, you know, the bulk, 90 plus percent generally yeah. think that a loyalty program is somewhat or very important. Again, yeah. like two sides of the fence there to tell the story, invest yeah. in loyalty. And I love that that's also coming across, as you said, Tim, in terms of global, because I think our perception, again, is maybe a more mature market like the US, where we know that consumers really do get it and then obviously actively choose whether to engage or not. But for me, certainly, I don't have a sense of what's happening, you know, in Japan, which you mentioned, of course, is included in this report. So it seems to be absolutely that the global maturity, global awareness and importance of I suppose the customer seeing that we're being loyal to them. And I know you guys also reference, for example, other research in your own reports as well. So that's certainly something that that I think we all see coming through as more and more important. It's one thing to say, let's get all of our customers to be super loyal to us, but actually we have to demonstrate that loyalty. So it's important, I think, for brands to be hearing that they need to continually invest. So um, yeah, that's amazing that so few think it's not worth considering from a consumer perspective. So thank you for yeah. adding that extra piece in. But tell us then, Tim, what did you learn about the elements that drive loyalty? Because again, there's things like loyalty programs, but we all know that the whole customer interaction with the brand uh, drives the loyalty. So the feeling of loyalty can be driven by anything and everything. Um, you know, when things go well, when things don't go well, and yep. even the actual marketing from a brand. So tell us exactly what do you think brands need to be thinking about in order to drive that brand loyalty overall? Yeah, look, at the end of the day, any survey run by anybody, any part of the globe, discounts and prices are always going to be a huge factor, especially in today's you know macroeconomic you know conditions. You know, an impending uh, you know recession. Some would say, yeah. I, I tend to be in that bucket. I think there is going to be a a, a recession coming this way globally. Yeah. Um, so discounts and and. And great products, those are always going to win the day, right? They're yeah. table stakes. Everybody needs to have a great quality service, great quality product, and they got to have it at an affordable price. So let's take that off the table because that's not a differentiator or a com competitive yeah. advantage. Totally. Um, but people do want rewards. Uh, in fact, a lot of them said they just want to be part of the community as well. Mm. So what can you do? What is the extra value you can add beyond that simple product that you're offering, right? If you sell pint glasses, all right, cool. But what can come with the pint glass to make that experience, you know, mm. even more? Is it a free case of beer? Is it a free case of juice? Is there a partnership to be had, you know, to extend that loyalty offering? 29% um, mm. on average, want exclusive access. So if you're selling that pint glass or that service, can can a certain number of your rewards members get that first? Can they get it a month early? Can they get it a day early? Can they be invited to your site to buy it directly from you before it hits retail shelves? Yeah. Things like that. And then 24% um, want products suggested based on their preferences. And this goes back to something I've been talking about for years and Cheetah Digital and now Marigold is, is deep into this. Mm. Zero party data. Do you actually understand what your customers individually want, right? Does Tim want yeah. the trip to the mountains or does Tim want the trip to the beach? So, you know, it's one thing to have a great quality product, give a discount, maybe give a little value add, but 
Mm-hmm. Are you in a real conversation at scale, asking people, listening to their preferences, these signals they're giving you, and literally yeah. outright survey questions like, hey, Tim, would you rather go to the beach or the mountains? If you knew that information and had it in my profile, your loyalty offering and your products can be so much more in tune with what I actually need. So consumers yeah. have been clamoring about it. It's rising year over year. Again, go get all the reports, you know, previous years and look at these trends as a climb. Because what I like about this report, it's the consumers. There's so many reports you can get from ad age, from digital, all these great services that pull marketers, mm. but you know, I, 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 the, the consumers, yeah. the consumers are the ones you got to win over. So I yeah. love seeing that uh, that they care about this. And even 19%, not a huge percentage, but 19% said, hey, just offer me a contest. Give me a chance to win something randomly here and there. You know, it's like a lottery. Everybody yeah. likes to, you know, potentially have have a, a chance to win something that they normally would not get. So some great ideas and suggestions in that report. But those are just some numbers off the top of my head. I love those, Tim. And again, when I think back to my days, you know, owning a program, leading a program and wondering and worrying about my program, sometimes you just want a bit of that kind of clarity in terms of where should we focus our efforts, even in terms of researching new propositions with your own base, of course, before launching something. For me, the piece around exclusive access is for sure one that every loyalty marketer needs to think about because, to be honest, it's usually the kind of thing that's the most affordable, probably the easiest to deliver because you usually have full control over it. And I often think, you know, in our rush to market to get something launched, we kind of forget to prioritize certain people and to build in that exclusive access. So definitely, would that be your experience, Tim, in terms of, you oh. know, the kind of clients that Marigold is dealing with? Oh, a- absolutely. We have we have a great sport, global sporting equipment manufacturer. And they launch products every November. That's their flagship product. Yeah. Um, one product, big product, it's a $1,000 ticket item. And they launch it every November. And the way that they launch it, number one, is it it doesn't go launched and say, hey, this is the best product ever. They have five different attributes to the product. And depending on what consumers have told them, Mm. they will actually say, hey, you told us this is the prettiest product. You've told us this is the strongest product. This is the least expensive. And they literally launched a product with personalized marketing campaigns and they give exclusive access to their loyalty program. And even if all you have to do is simply register your previous purchase with them Mm -hmm. and you instantly are going to get the emails and the offers to buy this product direct from the company before anyone else. Mm -hmm. And that alone, to your point, they completely control it. It's like, okay, we can launch an email to the entire world and run our Facebook ads and everything else on this date. But two weeks before, we can send this email to this targeted audience and actually see if they bite. And those two weeks could be the make or break difference to see how it was received and then change your global mass launch. And, and it gives them so much control and yeah. it just helps them just you know align with the market and the market needs so much better. So uh, yeah. we've got great case studies there. If you want to learn how brands are actually doing that in these yeah. small microcosms to loyal fan bases to really hone in their global launches for products services. For sure. And also, I think the other, I suppose, huge benefit, Tim, is, you know, those loyal customers feel that they've been seen, feel that they've been heard. They they realize they've been prioritized and they know that that's a big deal, particularly for the kind of clients that you guys are dealing with. So, so I think you're right. There's 
you know, there's commercial benefits, which, you know, help refine perhaps and improve the overall proposition for any particular campaign. But I also think it's hard to measure the loyalty that you get by saying, you know, Tim, you're first to get this particular product because we know that you loved it last year. So uh, you kind of feel like, oh, that's cool. I really like that. So, yeah, I think there's a lot to be said. Yeah, they're basically, you know, and look, this is a great way for brands to start. Even if you have an email list, you know, you don't have a traditional loyalty program. Identify those high value customers or those really engaged customers because you can you actually can measure it. So let's say you give early access or even let them know about a product that's hitting the market. Uh, Maybe it's all hitting the market on the first of the month, but you can let them know early and they're in the club without yeah. having guardrails or having to subscribe or something. It's a great way. And yeah. measuring those engagement rates on those email and SMS offers to that small audience first, that will tell you that it's working. So, you know, it's not just open rates. If they're clicking to your offer, if they're going to that web page to see that product before it hits the street, that's a signal. That's yeah. a signal that you're hitting the mark and that those people fill in it. I, yeah. as a kid, I love the Kiss Army. Right. I, a lot of people won't understand the Kiss Army, but you have to you had to mail in a five dollar check to get into the kid, the kiss, the band, the rock band. And, <laughs> you know, you were the first ones to know because you got something in the mail as a child. I'm dating myself. I'm almost 50. But you got <laughs> something in the mail yeah. telling you that a new album was coming before Sam Goody or Tower Records would tell you. And that alone, that simple act put me in the club, inside the fence, you know, front row, so to speak, with the band. And brands have a huge opportunity to do that in very, very simple, low cost ways. For sure, for sure. And that's, of course, relating to your other point as well about community, Tim, because I I loved your statistics about, I I guess, two were my favorite. So one was that you mentioned um, 10% uplift um, in terms of consumers who said they love a brand that it communicates in the channels they prefer. And I, for one, increasingly get impatient if I don't get correspondence in the way that I really, because I have different ways to manage my mind, manage my life and I expect the brands to have that capabilities. And then you just alluded to the piece about community. So again, for everybody listening to understand that there's an 8% uplift, um, you know, for people if, you know, interested in the brand's community, I think that's also a huge opportunity. So I'm guessing as 2023 really kicks off, Tim, you, you guys are going to see a lot of activity in those space. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, and again, we're throwing out numbers and stats. I know they're hard to, to remember here without visualization, but this report is yeah. chock full of them. And, and these numbers don't lie. I mean, they are they're hardcore data points. Um, and the good news is, I guess, to, to, to really answer your question that you started this with is, yes, we are in a good place. The consumers are telling us exactly what they want. They're yeah. giving brands the blueprint. I mean, they're laying it out and telling them, hey, if you do X, Mm-hmm. I will, you know, uh, reimburse you in, in this way. So the numbers are there. The stats are there. Just follow follow the numbers on the golden <laughs> you know, yellow brick road. Yeah, yeah. No, you're absolutely right. And I suppose our job is to sit up and listen and uh, yeah, absolutely go and be as creative as we can be. And I know you guys are brilliant at finding those kind of creative solutions. So plenty of case studies. And again, we'll make sure that uh, this report, the Consumer Trends Index, is easily available. I'm sure it's on the Marigold brand new website. So yeah, yeah is that the 
Yeah, that's yeah. nice. Our new, you cannot miss it. This is our anchor piece. We were proud to launch the report the same day we launched a new brand. So you can simply visit meetmarigold.com. It, it's front and center. And as I mentioned, there are going to be several different versions. We're doing a version uh, on the U.S. where we break down ages, as I mentioned. You know, there's different variances of, of how these generations act. Uh, and not just loyalty, personalization, privacy, messaging. When do they want? What channels are they actually using? Um, we're doing a UK version. We're okay. doing an EMEA version, as I mentioned, Benelux, Sweden, et cetera. Um, mm -hmm. there's, there's all kinds of different versions. And then we're going to do industry papers. So if you're in the restaurant industry, we're going to break down not a full-blown 40-page report, but more a five, six page. Here's what you need to do on the top trends that we're seeing across these different categories that the report covers. So, you know, you can think about travel, hospitality, restaurant, retail, CPG, et cetera, media and publishing. We're going to break all those down so that you can literally read, you know, the synopsis of what you need to do per your industry. So this is my biggest anchor as the head of content here. It's the thing I invest in the most. I see the most traction yeah. mainly because uh, you know, up until three years ago, I was a brand marketer. I, well, this is the data I needed to drive my brands forward, et cetera. Totally. So I know it's yeah. important to brand marketers to get yeah. the voice of the customer. Totally, totally. And I always say this show, Tim, is about education and inspiration. So again, the report is exactly delivering on, on exactly those needs as well for people. So I guess the other main part I wanted to ask you about today, Tim, was uh, watchouts. So when it comes to, you know, any big kind of concerns that consumers have um, when they're connecting with brands, I guess as consumers, we tend to be quite critical and we're always looking for things to improve. But what would you say are the single big biggest things to make sure that a brand is doing or not doing to make sure that they win that kind of loyalty from their customers? Yeah, look, some main drivers of consumers kind of abandoning their favorite brand would simply be lack of promotions, right? And really tailored promotions. 33% said that they've left a favorite brand just because they're not getting the right promotions. And that's a 6% increase year over year. So um, are you aligned? Are you actually creating those moments of excitement? Uh, we know we all have to drive sales, right? The CFO wants to see revenue. But yeah. at the end of the day, what are the promotions? A fifth of consumers have actually switched brands because of a poor or outright lack of a loyalty program. So again, if you're if you don't have a loyalty program or maybe you need to kick the tires, reboot it, you know, uh, revigorate it, um, you have to look at this because people are going to leave you. And um, that's also an opportunity. If you have a great program, mm -hmm. how can you go against your competition where you know they're wounded? They haven't invested in the right loyalty offerings, value exchange, et cetera. How can you go target and get them? Because a mm. lot of people are moving around. There's some other stats. There's, there's one other one I wanted to share here. Mm. Um, 43% of consumers are more likely to take part in a loyalty program than the previous year. That's an 8% uplift. So again, you know, wow. we just talked about how can you win? How can you retain, right? Have great promotions, et cetera. Yeah. Um, if you have the a, a lack of a program or a bad program, they're going to leave you. But 43% yeah. of consumers are more likely to take part in a loyalty program. So every year we see the same, it's hockey sticking up. So, and only 8% said they're less likely, you know, to get into a loyalty program this year. So it's right for the taking. If you're not thinking, <laughs> thinking yeah. about loyalty, you are not listening to your audience. 
for sure. And I always think as well, Tim, that loyalty programs are countercyclical in terms of, I suppose, when they resonate the most with consumers. And we've already briefly touched on the fact that there is a lot of concern how the economy is going to perform this year. Inflation is a key issue. So I often think actually loyalty programs become a way that people say, again, first of all, this brand is listening to me. It's actually giving me opportunities when the promotions and stuff are there, but it is genuinely a way for people to almost manage their monthly budget, Tim. Like, it, I think it's it's super important. I, I'm glad you're bringing that up because this is a focus of a new study that I'm doing that's going to uh, hopefully launch in early May with the Loyalty 360 Association. Um, look, loyalty programs can become a, a completely separate economy, right? That's yeah. really what they, what they are anyway, right? You get your points, you get rewards. I don't care if it's, Buy 10 pizzas, get one free. That's an economy. Um, yeah, yeah. Katie Knight, the CRO, uh, Chief Revenue Officer at Friday's, you know, the global uh, restaurant chain, has mm. said as much. She's been looking at this for almost 20 years in the beverage and restaurant space, and she knows come Friday, it's eat out night or, or you know, delivery night. She knows if they give you extra value while you're a normal customer, you're going to consider that when you go to make your purchase. I'll go back to what I said earlier. It didn't even dawn on me. But um, when I said, hey, I will spend that extra $50 to get into the next, uh, it's not even class. It's not going from coach to account, to first class, but yeah. there are fully refundable fares. If I can buy a ticket for $200, but it's 250 and I get triple the points, that points becomes another economy in my wallet. And as I mentioned, I am doing that and I'll probably spend another few thousand dollars between now and when I have to go to this summer vac uh, summer wedding because I'm getting triple points. Those points provide value in that my kids can fly for free to the destination. So, yeah. you know, it, it could be subliminal and, and psychological here, but can you actually give extra value? They're, United is getting the money up front for me. They're getting cash in the bank. I'm spending an extra $50 on every ticket on average yeah. just to get points on the back end that I'll redeem you know, eight months from now. Yeah. So would you like cash in the bank from your customers right now? Create that program, create that economy, because when a recession hits, especially in fast food, quick serve, et cetera, those points and redemptions become real meaningful things, especially to, you know, uh, you know, families that money is tight. It's going to get tight. You know, how many layoffs have we seen from Amazon? Such 18,000 so far. You yeah. have a lot of people out there looking for secondary economies and a loyalty program with the stats that we mm. just shared, people's yeah. willingness to get into loyalty. It's a whole nother economy you could create for your audience. I, I really love that, Tim. And earlier you referenced all the various different verticals, for example, that this research covers. And to me, that's one of the critical things, particularly for, let's say, the less typical sectors, like you mentioned FMCG, you know, but also like the newer models. Like, as you said, if there's a cash flow positive opportunity where essentially you're trading miles and there's a deferred cost, then absolutely there's some super clever ways that brands can start to think about that. And I think you're absolutely right. You know, this is the year to be super conscious about how sensitive people are. We've already come out of one traumatic period in terms of a pandemic. And now we have obviously economic things to consider. So loyalty is a differentiator and it is a way that people want to see the brands offering them ways to engage in a way that that actually is meaningful to them. So I'll be super excited to hear about your trip to that nephew's wedding goes. It sounds amazing. Yeah. 
and clearly making a meaningful difference to your whole year and your wallet. As you said, your bottom line this year means you don't have to budget for those flights anymore, huh? Yeah, well, you know, I'm 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 more of that high end traveler. So again, me paying fifty dollars per ticket, you know, I just changed a flight yesterday, and I'm I'm flying this Sunday. So you know, yeah. spending an extra fifty bucks to me, I'm I don't think about it, um, but it does come back to me, and, and a lot of people do. And by the way, it, we have a few recession questions in that report. I'm I don't have all the stats in front of me right now, but yeah. I know that over sixty percent of these eleven thousand global consumers were extremely concerned about economic conditions in 2023. So again, wow. there you go. Like we we assumed consumers are feeling it, but they yeah. are really worried about it. 60% were extremely uh, wow. concerned about it. Wow. So, oh yeah. my goodness. Focus is the mind for sure. So listen, my final question then, Tim, is, you know, when it comes to asking people about why they might leave a loyalty program, because we all know the statistics, for example, certainly in the US, there's an average of 16 loyalty memberships. Um, but, you know, about half of those would be considered active. So we do know that there is, you know, a lot of concern around, you know, when people join and how much they actually do engage. But then, you know, to acquire people into your program and then to have them actually leave is probably the ultimate um, disappointment, I guess, for for a lot of loyalty marketers. So what did you get back in terms of your research in this report um, as to what causes that particular behavior? Yeah. So, well, look, I, I'm going to, we did a lot of research and we do constant research uh, all the time. And I, I found this one report from Lending Tree recently in July of 2022, where they found um, people just think the rewards aren't worth it, right? 52% are leaving a loyalty program because the rewards aren't worth it. So again, are you operating in a bubble? Is it you and five other, you know, smart marketers getting in a room going, oh, this is what our loyalty program needs, right? It needs tiers or they got to spend X to get X. Well, you know, put yourself in the consumer shoes. Are the rewards worth it? Also, they found, you know, a loyalty program being too expensive, 37% left because of that. Now that could be subscription based. That could be, you know, again, I don't mind spending $50 for the extra points on a particular flight, but a lot of people do. So sure. are, are your levels in line with their uh, threshold? Um, but the report goes in, in depth. There's all kinds of things. As we mentioned a little bit, people have uh, 22% of switch brands because of a poor or lack of, of program or the lack of promotions. You know, um, the, the report goes into depth. It gives you some examples uh, I, I don't have all of them privy to me right now. There's about, I think, like 90 some data points. You can really slice and dice. You can hand it off to your team and have them break it out. Um, but you you got to be in tune. You got to start listening to these customers because they're telling you exactly why they yeah. will lead your brand. For sure. For sure. Well said. And yes, as I said, we've all been busy enough uh, in 2022, but we've already into 2023. We've got lots of ideas, lots of excitement and lots of impetus I get from uh, from consumers who, who really want to see us um, showing up for them. So uh, super exciting. Yeah. So I think that's all the questions, Tim, I have from my side. Is there anything else that you wanted to mention before we wrap up? No, this is great. Look, again, uh, we build this resource, a free resource. I don't care if you're our client or not. Like you should have this thing. It yeah. should be one of the many tools you're looking at to to keep your marketing efforts aligned with your, you know, total addressable market. So, please just go get it from us. Uh, again, you can get the previous years as well so you can look at these trends year over year. Um we have tons of webinars coming out. I appreciate you doing this podcast. We've got maybe five or six webinars all before the end of March that okay. looks at this deep dive uh, from different lenses. So 
by all means, go get the report, you know, keep up with this. We'll, we'll and call us, you know, we, we're happy to dig in. There's a giant appendix. Mm-hmm. We have an amazing tool on it. If you've got a question or a particular subset in a, a region or an industry or an age that you want to learn about, give us a call. We're sitting on all this huge data. We'd love to talk to you. Amazing stuff. Okay. With that said, Tim Gloom, VP of Global Content for Marigold. Thank you so much from Let's Talk Loyalty. Thanks again. We'll see you soon, Paula. This show is sponsored by The Loyalty People, a global strategic consultancy with a laser focus on loyalty, CRM, and customer engagement. The Loyalty People work with clients in lots of different ways, whether it's the strategic design of your loyalty program or a full service, including loyalty project execution. And they can also advise you on choosing the right technology and service partners. On their website, the Loyalty People also runs a free global community for loyalty practitioners. And they also publish their own loyalty expert insights. So for more information and to subscribe, check out theloyaltypeople.global. so much for listening to this episode of Let's Talk Loyalty. If you'd like us to send you the latest shows each week, simply sign up for the Let's Talk Loyalty newsletter on letstalkloyalty.com and we'll send our best episodes straight to your inbox. And don't forget that you can follow Let's Talk Loyalty on any of your favorite podcast platforms. And of course, we'd love for you to share your feedback and reviews. Thanks again for supporting the show.